At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Hello, everyone. Welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verda. Mark Carmen, I think, is here. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm on vacation. I was sleeping about a half hour ago because why not? It's vacation. Uh, <laughs> but uh, here we are. Woke up, saw the Aaron Rodgers news. Not surprised. I tweeted out yesterday. It was between Green Bay and Denver, and it was. And Denver was very, very real. In this whole thing. But in the end, back to the pack. And so four years, $200 million for Aaron Rodgers. And there's a lot to get to. But, Carm, good morning to you on this Tuesday, the dead, the deadline day for franchise tags in the NFL. How are you? Uh, Verim, I'm great. Good to see you. Thank you for waking up. Uh, everybody is allowed to do their vacation however they want to do it. If you want to sleep till 1030, 1040, uh, like you're uh, back in the college days, I respect that. I'm actually surprised to hear you say that it was real with Denver because, well, first off, if you'd like to just, you know, hey, Carm, you were right about this one. Feel feel free. We we were in lockstep last year that he was coming back, but you actually didn't think it was happening for or you you at least doubted that he was coming back to Green Bay. But here it is. I certainly didn't have him getting four years and two hundred million dollars, one hundred and fifty three guaranteed. Holy moly. That is an investment, but the right investment in my mind for Green Bay. You don't run away from the MVP who can still play. I don't care how old he is. Uh, this was the only move for the Packers and really the only move for Rodgers, how I see it for him. You know what? I So here's here's what I've said throughout, um, and, I, and I'll stick with it. So I think in the end, this was predictable. Um, and I say that because we've talked about it for a year. And I've said alongside you, look, I think in the end he will be back. I also, though, did say this year that I thought they should have traded him. Did they, if if they got the right package, I mean, if they got, you know, two to three first round picks and a bunch of other stuff, because he is 39 years old in December, because while I think he's talented, I think he's also a, a real pain in the ass. And I think at some point that matters and it starts to drag down your enjoyable, uh, excuse me, it it drags down your enjoyability. Easy for me to say than to create a word apparently. But in the end, he gives them by far their best chance to win. And by the way, they give him the best chance to win because going to Denver would have meant playing in the AFC, which is a much tougher conference right now than the NFC, especially with Brady retiring. So, in the end, I think it was the predictable move. I think for Rodgers, it was the smart move. And I think for the Packers, look, I don't know that I would have given him four years and $200 million. I'm going to be very honest about that. You're, t- you're going into your 40s with this. Like, that contract's going to have some cap hits in the 60s. That That's a lot. That's a lot. But I get it. I, I, I'm not knocking them for it. I totally get it. I just, I think it's, I think in the end, like I wouldn't be shocked in two years from now if you're like, ooh, it's a lot of money. It, it's a lot of dough, but look, maybe it's just my childhood slash early adulthood that's coming around full full circle with this. But, and it's totally different too. 
But the, but the 1998 Chicago Bulls, I'll flip over, said goodbye to Jordan when he could still play and then traded away the whole team. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's old, but he can still play football at a very elite level. You don't, you, you, you don't guess you're not God when he's going to fall off the cliff. Tom Brady's doing this till he's he could you know obviously punt it on 45, but he's been doing this till he's 45 damn years old. Now is Rodgers doing everything off the field that Tom Brady did? Probably no, but he also is doing a pancha karma and all sorts of you know. I don't uh, know if that's good or bad. But I, he's doing it. I, he's he, I don't know if it's good or bad either. But I mean, if you read about it, he's he's cleansing his you know all the toxins out of his body. Probably is a good thing, uh, you know. So I, the the point being, I mean, it sucks that he hasn't played his best in the biggest moments, and you only have one Super Bowl, and you're still making uh, a bet on on that he will be able to do that. But you make that bet, you just do. What are your what are your what's what are your alternatives here? I mean, your alternatives are you believe in the guy you drafted in the first round. Now, obviously, they don't. Okay, they don't, which, fine. That's part of this, too, right? They see Jordan Love every day on the field and in the building. If they don't believe in Jordan Love, which, I mean, at this point now, Jordan Love's career is over in Green Bay. Green Um, Bay, yeah, okay. If if you don't believe in him, then, yeah, of course, that would would make this decision easier. I mean, again, I'm not, I don't want to come off that I'm knocking it because if I'm the Packers, I totally understand why they signed him. Right, I mean, he's a two-time reigning MVP. He's a great player. I do think the deal, when you pay somebody that much money this late in their career, is fraught with pitfalls. Guys get hurt, and he has had injuries in the past. Not these. I would I wouldn't call him injury prone, but he's gotten hurt in the past. Um, it's a lot of money. <laughs> that said, that said, I'm not surprised. And I'm not criticizing Green Bay. Like, I get it. I 100% understand it. Um, and now they're going to go forward. They'll, they'll tag Devontae Adams. And they'll eventually, I would think, pay him. They have to pay Rodgers. Now you have to pay Devontae Adams. And, you you know, you're going to have those two guys going forward, which is great. But let's let's also say this. The bottom line is, you can't really criticize Green Bay. I think they actually handled it perfectly last year. And this year, listen, that's fine. They want to pay him. No problem there. I'm not going to knock them for paying him. Now comes the part that hasn't been there the last couple of years. They got to win. Like, in the playoffs, they've got to win. And that's that's not any one person's fault. Rodgers, of course, takes most of the blame. But they've got to win. Like, you're in a conference that, I'm sorry, you're Clearly the best team, even with the champion Rams in there. Like, you're better than the Rams. Let's be real. You should win. The the big loser on all this is the Broncos, who could have gotten a, a, a game-changing situation, a quarterback, and now you're left with what? Uh, trying to trade for Carson Wentz? Try and trade for Jordan Love, Jimmy Garoppolo, signing Jameis Winston, Mitch Trubisky. Yes. I mean, not not great. Not great. Right. That they're they're the real loser in this whole thing. Well, it's it's interesting too, like, you know, like it's, if you line this up, if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, uh, to our great Detroit Lions fans out there, y- y- you didn't want this. That this would have been well, uh you know, the the NFC North would have been wide open. Any of those teams could have made a claim that they have the best quarterback in the division and would have had an argument. That argument, obviously, is well out the window. Now, okay, if he shows up in Denver, is, is Kansas City shaking in their boots? No, but it ain't a good day, right? So uh, this is this, – this has uh, – stating obvious here uh, – league-wide ramifications but it 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 also speaks to me verderam there's a human side of this last year at this time it was uh you know a a cold war between rogers and the packers and 
they worked the relationship. Whatever happened behind the scenes, however, Brian Gutenkunst and Aaron Rodgers became besties, and Matt LaFleur, whatever his role in was in it, that this was a relationship that was repaired. You don't see that a ton in sports. Once things get broke, they tend to end badly uh, for the player, for the organization, and, and for the fans. I mean, Packers fans right now, I would think, are thrilled. Uh, even the ones who are like, you know, squeeze isn't worse uh, the juice. Like, he's just a pain in the ass. Like, even those people probably, probably are at least somewhat breathing a sigh of relief. All right, we got him back. We're taking another swing. Let's go. They're wide open NFC. Uh, you know, let's let's not have the performance that we had in the in the frozen tundra when all you did was stare at Devontae Adams last year, which was a stunningly bad ending to a season that everybody thought was going to end with, at least with the Packers in the Super Bowl. All right. So look, the butterfly effect of this now. All right. So he gets $50 million a year. He just reset the quarterback market. Get, guess whose price just went up? Who, whose price just went up, Carl? Uh, let, let, let's think about that. Uh, who hasn't gotten paid? Justin Herbert's price went up. Price went up. Yeah. Significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Herbert's about to cost more than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. It, it, G- uh, guess what? Guess who? Uh, Lamar Jackson's price just went up. I mean, he's a tricky situation, but in his head, his price went up. Okay. Um, you're going to see that De- not, not, not that he's going to get paid to this level because you won't. Derek Carr is now getting paid 40 million somewhere annually. That's happening. See, it, it, it's okay. That's it won't happen. He well, so will that, get paid forty plus million somewhere else. So or, that, in, or in Vegas. And Derek Carr, uh, like, feels like a borderline safe bet. What's not a safe? Go ahead. I mean, I, no. I was. Go ahead. Go like, ahead. not not a safe bet, but you're going to get him for, you know, I mean, what's 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 Mitchell Trubisky going to cost somebody? Ten to fifteen million. Ten, right. Now, now, what do you want to do? You want to pay Derek? Terrible. Right, right. But, like, there might be somebody out there that thinks that Matt Nagy sucked, Ryan Pace sucked, the Bears sucked. He's maybe oh, – may- go ahead. He, he's going to get paid. Carl, I was in Indianapolis all week, and people were talking about how he's going to get paid way more than anybody thinks. He's going to get paid. It's going to be ridiculous, but he's going to get paid. Uh, Arrowhead Dave in, in the chat brings up one that's interesting, and he's right. Stafford's price just went way up because he's going to get an extension, and he's going to get a fortune. By the way, Kyler Murray – in his head, yeah. In his head, price just went up. Like that's why when and, and Joe Burrow, same thing by the way, who's yeah. going to get a, sure. an extension after next year. Like all these deals. That's why when when you know when Mahomes signed with the Chiefs, and even Allen signed the Bills, and people are like, whoa, whoa, they're they're bargains now. They're already bargains. What are they? Two years into those deals, Allen's one year in, Mahomes is two years in, and it's only going to get crazier. Like. That deal resets the quarterback market, and the cap's going to explode next year because the TV deals are, are now going to take into effect here, and gambling money is going to take into effect. We're going to get into gambling money later, Calvin Ridley. Uh, but look, if you have a quarterback clocked up right now, like a really, really good one, like a Mahomes, like an Allen, of course, Mahomes is that contract is insane how long he's locked up for. That is going to be the biggest bargain in sports in a few years. And when he signed it, it was it was beyond astronomical. And now you look at it and go, oh, that's a pretty good deal. And it was. And it will continue to be. It's really amazing when you think about big picture on that because long-term deals, like in baseball, they t- they almost always work out terribly. Almost always, yes. Right. Here... It, it, it's 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 a much safer bet, uh, so, you know, because like yeah, okay, they they, they get hurt, you'll you'll have to take a huge cap hit and 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 whatnot, but you you can creatively get out of it. Um, I mean that it's it's, I do wonder at some point, Vertoram, there's going to have to be a reset of of the of the market of what quarterbacks are worth, but maybe not. Maybe maybe I don't know. I mean, you know, in in ten years, are are they are they going a hundred million a year? Is that what the, is that what's the, well, the going I think it'll rate? just be tied to the cap. So I mean, right now guys are making about twenty percent of the cap. Um, if the cap is four hundred million, 
at the end of the decade, which I think it will be. Yeah, they'll make $80 million a year. Don't go to school. Get that arm going. Let's go, kids. Five, six, seven years old. Throw football. Learn the spiral. You can do this. I, I mean, the, the fact that we're saying that Mahomes' deal, and that's a good question from Eddie, does it, does it get redone about halfway through? Maybe, right? Um, Maybe, but he has no leverage. It, it, it's hard, right? Like, he's signed forever. And I got to tell you, just kind of knowing what you know about that situation, I don't know that he would want to. Like, I, I don't know. Now, look, things change. People change, right? That's a long way off. But they signed that deal knowing it gave the Chiefs a ton of flexibility. They know that deal. Like, like Mahomes signed that deal with the knowledge that it's going to allow them to be really competitive. Travis Kelsey, by the way, to a lesser extent, if you look at his, they'll do the exact same thing. I remember when they signed Travis Kelsey, and I had more than one agent reach out to me and say, my God, that is a horrible deal for him, but it's an amazing deal for the team. And that's that's true. Like, that deal for Kelsey, he's kind of got to earn it every year. So does Mahomes in a weird way. But those guys basically just said, look, we're fine betting on ourselves as long as you keep investing around us to win Super Bowls. And they've done that. The Chiefs have been very, very aggressive. Um, and I see in the chat, same thing around Rick DiPietro's 15-year contract with the New York Islanders, probably the reason contracts are capped at eight years now. Oh, yeah. If you're a hockey fan, you remember that. You remembered very, very well. He was a very talented goaltender with the Islanders. And I remember there was a whole story back in the day in Sports Illustrated about he and Martin Brodeur, the Devils, and Hendrik Lundqvist of the Rangers, and how this metro area, this 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 goaltending trio was going to dominate the league. Well, as it turned out, two of them did. And DPH got hurt constantly. Uh, and that contract was a disaster. And so, yeah, you look to the point, Jonathan, and to your point, Carm, yeah, big deals like that typically are a train wreck. They do not end well. But in football, a quarterback, they, they've done okay to this point. So um, we shall see. But I think look, a lot of it is, is foresight and a lot of it's luck. I mean, if we're spraying to other sports, long-term deals. Michael Jordan signed an eight-year, $28 million deal in the like, middle Carm, of – There are things that have happened since Michael Jordan. Right, well – we well, can but, talk about one of the 800 deals that have happened in the NBA in the last 10 years. Yeah, and, and a lot of them – are. Let, let, let's look at that. Steph Curry signed a four-year, $44 million deal, right? And everyone thought that was crazy. Uh, listen, when you're, paying, when you're paying for prime-time guys, when you're paying for the top of the market, Shaquille O'Neal, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, whoever you want to pick out here – they're worth it, man. The, Patrick Mahomes, worth it. So, for sure. I, 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 it, so this is not like uh, it's it's a little. I mean, if we're looking at the money, like, I'm, I, if I'm Green Bay, I'm not worried the least about signing him for. Um, now, Daly throws in Russell Westbrook. Look, R- Russell Westbrook is, is whatever. That's fine. He's but I, I, he's still worth a boatload of dough. Um, well, n- not that money. But. I mean, a lot, a lot of guys in basketball. Basketball's onto itself. We don't have to go down that road. But basketball's ridiculous. These guys sign these huge deals, and then a month later they're upset and they want out. I mean, James Harden. I can never root for that guy to win a championship in in my lifetime. I mean, my God, how many times are you going to whine and get your way and get out of somewhere? Just didn't work. I mean, you went somewhere with Kyrie Irving and, and, and Kevin Durant. You know, Kyrie's never happy. Durant's, you know, he he's he's been incredible and he's been on the court, but that somehow's not enough. And he's got to go to Philly and he only will go. The NBA is is so bizarre in the way that it handles itself. Like, I can't imagine if Justin Herbert woke up tomorrow and was like, I want to go to Denver. The Chargers would be like, that's nice. You're not going to Denver. Like well, the well, NBA, Harden wakes up and goes, I'd like to go to our biggest rival. And the and the Nets are like, okay, that's fine. Like whatever, whatever you want. It's it's insane. Well, that then that's interesting in in relation to Rodgers because the dude was trying to force his way out. And and town hall. Yeah. We're, we're not we're not trading you. We're you know, you can you can miss training camp, you can do what you can pout, you can do whatever you want. Care. Whenever you want to play, you're going to be playing in in the green and gold, and you're going to be wearing number twelve right here at Lambeau Field. 
I mean, look at what happened this past week. Then we can move on here with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, right? So he's been, and actually today, as we've been doing this podcast, he put all his Instagram photos back up. Like this is some high school drama where like a couple broke up and then they got back together and they were like, oh, okay, let's put our photos back and nothing ever happened. Um, so Kyler and his agent, Eric Burkhardt, have been very, actually, I should say Burkhardt really has been vocal about this, right? But at the big statement and all caps, all this nonsense. And Murray's been driving that bus. He wants the extension. Well, Burkhart also represents Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals extended their GM, Steve Keim, and also extended Cliff Kingsbury to 2027, did not extend Kyler Murray. I think that's a little bit of a message. They basically told him, by, without telling him, look, you are not going to put us in a corner. You're not going to do that. You're not going to get out and, and, and be out front and be obnoxious and, and play all these games with us. We are not going to go down that road with you. So we're going to extend your head coach, who has not been nearly as good of a head coach as you have been a quarterback. We're going to extend your head coach because not only does it take care of him, it also takes care of your agent, who's getting 3% kicked up, right? So now the agent, he's still going to, it's still going to back his guy. But it becomes a hell of a lot harder to go screaming and stomping and yelling into Arizona when you just got paid 3% for your other client. The yeah. Cardinals send the message there. And I, the, look, the, the point is the NFL, for better or worse, is still the NFL. They handle things in a way where, look, you will get paid usually should you deserve to get paid. There are some guys who unfortunately don't. Okay. But there's a certain way to go about it. The NBA has turned into the wild, wild west. The NBA is a crap show. Okay, guys just have guys have a bad week, and it's like I've got to get out of here. You got to send me to this specific team. I can't take it anymore. We lost two straight, and I didn't get the ball. And the coach looked at me in a weird way during practice. And now, now we got. I mean, my God, Ben Simmons still hasn't played. I look forward to Ben Simmons demanding a trade by Christmas, okay? Because we all know that's coming. I look forward to Zion never playing another game in New Orleans because he just doesn't want to be there, and he wants out. And I look forward to the Knicks giving up nine first-round picks so he could then have a foot injury and play 15 games, right? Like, the NBA is insane, and I'm glad the NFL has not become that. And we saw that with Rod. Now, look, Rodgers didn't lose, okay? He got $153 million guaranteed. Nobody's saying it's about winner, winning and losing. But it is about the idea that, look, there's a certain way to go about this stuff. Rodgers tried to force his way out last year, couldn't do it. Murray this year has been trying to force the Cardinals publicly into an extension. Nope. Nope. We extended your coach. and extend you. There's and, a, and, if, and you know what? If Kyler Murray calms down a little bit and plays well next year and maybe even just plays ball professionally this offseason, gets the extension. But the message has been sent. And it was sent by the Packers last year. It's been sent by the Cardinals this, this offseason. The only problem I have with Kyler Murray is, you're, like, to read a statement, it is now simply up to the Cardinals to decide if they prioritize their rapidly improving 24-year-old already two-time Pro Bowl. Does anybody – come on now. Does anybody understand social media? We got to be able to read the statement here, Kyler. We shouldn't have. Hello? What, what, what do you what do you want everybody to know? I mean, he said a lot of positive things, and he said, you know, now pay me. I, the, the, yeah, that's fine. The, you're right. The Cardinals have leverage. They know they have leverage. Um, I also do wonder, like as we rip on the NBA and the way they uh, cater to stars, what you're pointing out. You know, Kyler ultimately, if he doesn't want to be a, if he doesn't like the way he's treated there, he could leave. And that's why that the league is afraid of. of he's not going anywhere. No, maybe he's, right. That's fine. He's not going. Anywhere. They gotta control him for four more years. Right. Well, in four more years, Verem will be twenty-eight years old. You know, he, he ain't gonna be. Uh, he's not gonna be a relic. So I mean, and, and Jalen Butler chimes in saying that. Yeah, yes, he agrees that Murray's the better player than Kingsbury as a coach. He's heard the opposite on the internet. Uh, Jalen, don't ever listen to the internet. <laughs> there is not a soul in the NFL, not one soul who thinks that Cliff Kingsbury is a better coach than Kyle Murray as a player. In fact, a lot of people, when they signed the extension, were like flabbergasted that they signed Cliff Kingsbury to 2027. Okay. But in the end, 
look, let's let's move on here. But I, I think, you know, the one thing I really did want to hit on quickly because it matters, the big loser that I mentioned in this whole thing with Rodgers, other than the NFC North, which is certainly a loser, is Denver. Denver hired Nathaniel Hackett. Now, not be, now, I'm not saying that Hackett doesn't deserve to be head coach, but they hired him with the idea, at least in mind, hey, he can help get Aaron Rodgers here. Well, as it turns out, no, he cannot. And now you have the situation where you have no quarterback. None. There's nobody coming out in the draft you feel like is readily available and, and going to start week one. I think the only quarterback who matters at all in this draft is Malik Willis. We'll see how that plays out. Um, free agency is atrocious. Uh, Marcus Mariota, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, none of it's good. None of it's good. Maybe Winston. I mean, to me, he's the best of the bunch. You're going to trade for Wentz or for Garoppolo? You're finishing in the last place in that division. You're the worst team. Maybe, maybe you climb above the Raiders. Not great. If you're that man, it's just another year if you've got no quarterback. And in that division, in that division, you have no chance. No chance. Why don't so, you just go go all in disaster and trade for Jordan Love? Well, we couldn't get that. They might. They might. I, I just, they very well might. Honestly, they're the favorites in Vegas. Yeah. To land them. I mean, I, but I think if you're them, you know, they're a team that never had a real quarterback problem from 83 when they drafted LA on. They've always had a quarterback. And now they, this is year what? You know, year seven of this now where they just don't have a quarterback. And in that division, I mean, I wrote about this. and I'm, I don't want to be off on the figure. Some of you can go look it up. I've, I've written this uh, when I was in Indy. Their record in the division since they won the Super Bowl is something like 11 and, and 29 or something. I know I'm off by that a, a little bit. I mean, but it's brutal. They've lost 13 in a row to Kansas City. They've they've lost, I believe, it's your four or five in a row to the Raiders. You can't win the division. And the reason is because every single game they play, they're playing the team that's got a better quarterback. And it's going to be true again this year, no matter what they do. Bring back Brock Osweiler. That was a... It, it's a it, what's amazing to me about the Denver. No. Yeah, I know. What's amazing to me about the Denver situation is you have one of the all-time great quarterbacks of all time, and it, it, which I just said twice. How he can't identify who can play the position is just fascinating to me. Like, what is that? What is the block here? What are you seeing that's not that you think is real that isn't? Um, but. You want to make a prediction on what they do? Are you are you saying you well, buy, you buy Dirt, Jordan Dirt Love? Judy just tweeted out a sad face emoji. So that pretty <laughs> much is all you need to know. Okay. Um. I. What do I what do I predict on what Denver's going to do? Yeah. yeah. Who who ends up there? Go all in, Bertram. I mean, you're throwing darts, but I'll I'll say, I'll say that they will trade for Jordan Love, but that they will also bring in a veteran. Uh. I'll say they bring. I'm trying to hack his connections too. Um, yes, yeah. I, I'll say they bring in like Tyrod Taylor, but also like bring in Jordan Love. But I, I don't think it matters. I think no matter what they do, you know, that's just some shocking thing that's off the radar. They're just not going to be good next year. I mean, they're, they're not, and that roster's not terrible around the quarterback, but it's just not good. I mean, they, um, look, they, and, and and Eddie brings it up right in the, the chat, and he's right, man. Denver could have had Fields last year. And I get Sertan, they took him, and he's going to be you know, terrific. He's already really good. And, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe Fields doesn't end up being the guy, but I got to tell you, I'd have taken that shot. I'd have taken that shot because without him, you have no, you have no chance in that division. Absolutely none. If, if Justin Fields had stayed at Ohio State and he was in the draft this year, assuming he had the same year in his last year at Ohio State that he had, what number is he getting picked in this year's draft? And I don't think you need to think that hard. I think it's number one all day. Well, no, well, he wouldn't because Jacksonville is Trevor Lawrence. Well, okay, okay. So no, I'm thinking. I was thinking. I was trying to just go through it in my head. But yeah, probably number two. Right. And Jacksonville might even trade out of that pick to some team that really wants him. So yeah, yeah. Oh, listen. No doubt in the world, he's a top quarterback. And in this class, yes, in this class, he would probably be the highest graded player. Yep. Yep. I, it, which you know when you. 
Eddie, you're on it. Like when you when you go back to that, it's like at the time too. Denver, what what are you doing? Uh, even if it's pick between the two, you want. I don't know if Matt Jones would have been the, the you have you all excited right now, but you I think you'd feel better than what you, and how you're feeling uh, with what whatever the future is going to be. All right, Ben Heisler is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Calvin Ridley suspended for a year. Let's, uh, let's rip through a little bit more of the outline. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm out at 11:55. I'm going on with your guy, Kevin Powell. All right, there we go. Uh, so franchise tag deadline. And uh, free agency is coming, so a special stack in the box is coming on on Monday. Verran, this is your baby. We're gonna be we're gonna be going live at eleven o'clock, and we ain't stopping. So, uh, why don't you talk about uh, the vision for what we're gonna be doing on Monday all day? Look, damn it! I don't know whether this is a really dumb idea or a really good one, but at eleven o'clock, eleven o'clock central, we are going to go live as the tampering period opens, and we're gonna stay live throughout most of the afternoon. We're going to keep rolling. Look, I mean, if, if, if people are in the chat and they're engaged and we're going, we're going to stay on. We're going to keep rolling. Um, but we are going to break down free agency in real time as it happens, talk about scenarios, talk about situations. Um, and we're going to see how things play out. should be a lot of fun. I hope you subscribe if you haven't already. And I hope you are around for what should be a lot of fun. As, as you know, listen, we see the money rolling in, the contracts. And I'll, I'll be trying to break stuff in real time as well, see if I can do it. Um, but it's going to be a good time on Monday, uh, as we are here for all things free agency on my day, my first day back from uh, vacation. Although of course vacation has me currently working, um, but should be a lot of fun. And I encourage everybody to join us. Listen, if you're at work and you're sitting there refreshing Twitter every 20 seconds, don't just join us, throw in some earbuds, right? And we'll, we'll be your live updated talking Twitter, which then gives you all the analysis you could want. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll get you through the day. We yeah, we just all get to hang out together. It's going to be a beautiful thing, and uh, this is our first ever Verderam free agency live. So I'm excited to see you in in action, buddy. Just 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 full full meltdowns will probably happen at some point, along with uh, just a nice settle into a day of NFL entertainment. So 11 o'clock Monday, and we'll be with you. Uh, well, well, well into the afternoon. And so looking forward to that. Uh, anything you want to tee up on the franchise tag deadline that we haven't mentioned I yet? Mean, it's today. So by the time everybody hears this, you know, in, oh, in terms of just the recorded version of the podcast, it's probably going to be outdated. But look, we already have Orlando Brown. Okay. We have David and Joku, which I, I just do not understand for the life of me. But that, that's neither here nor there. Um, so we've had a couple tags already placed. I would be expecting Mike Williams to be tagged if he's not signed long-term. Uh, but the Chargers, Mike Kosicki, the same thing. Dalton Schultz, I reported yesterday that he's going to get tagged, and he will got uh, by tagged. the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, we will see with Marcus Williams, the same safety. They have a ridiculously bad cap situation, but you never know with them. It's always possible. Uh, Chris Godwin will get tagged if he does not sign long-term. Before the, uh, I believe it's the 4 p.m. deadline Eastern time. Yeah. So there, there are still some guys who are going to get tagged. Devonta Adams will officially get tagged. That'll that'll happen. Uh, we'll see with Darius Williams, the corner of the Rams. Does he get tagged? Don't know. It's kind of a 50-50 situation. But there, you know, Harold Landry, the Titans, I would expect to be tagged. It's not 100 percent sure, but I would think. Uh, so there's still something to come down the pipeline here, but. That's where we sit, but you know we're waiting on a flurry of activity, or at least an expected flurry of activity here, as we are about, oh, I don't know, uh, three and a half hours out from the deadline. So you agree with the Dolphins tagging Kasiki or no? Yes, I agree. With any of those ones I just mentioned, I don't have any problem with the team tagging the guy. The Njoku thing to me is insane. And Tom Palacero and I both reported that he was offered $13 million a year and didn't take it. Um, can anybody explain to me why David Joker's worth $13 million a year? And can anyone even further explain to me why he didn't take it? Now, I heard the structure on the contract wasn't bad, or uh, I wasn't good, rather, which, okay, fine. Maybe that's true. Uh, I mean, according to what I was told, it is true. But it's $13 million a year for a guy who, over the last three years combined, has... 700 some odd yards okay 
and seven touchdowns. He's never had 640 receiving yards in a season. Like, why are you tagging him? You have Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper. You couldn't have found a better use of $11 million? I, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me. Like, what is the point? David Njoku is athletic as hell. Everybody keeps, oh, he's going to break out. He's going to break Oh, Would he like to do it at some point? Because potential, as my father loves to say, is a fancy word for saying you've never done anything. And it's true. Yeah, well, they love the tight end position, apparently, Vergeram. I don't know. Uh, yes, but nobody produces at it. Yeah, uh, listen, I I, can't, I don't have a good argument to to come back at it. Uh, that that's uh, that's a Cleveland Browns thing right there. Apparently, um, maybe if Baker gets to the next level and Joku will look better, you want is that? I mean, that is that is that our best argument? Yeah, I'll tell you here. So I'll tell you this. I was also told this yesterday, and I reported some of this. The Browns are going to be heavy on receivers in the free agency market. Yeah, I was told that. So were the Dolphins. Those are two teams I was told to keep an eye out on. They're going to be heavy there. The one thing I didn't report, and I'm not going to report everything I was told because I, I have to verify it, but I'll, I'll I'll throw this little breadcrumb out there. Um, don't be surprised if the Browns are sniffing around on quarterbacks. Whoa. Like who? Um, I mean, I don't think Kirk Cousins would be the uh, the worst fit in the world there, considering how close he was with Stefanski in Minnesota. Now, that's again, a good call. I mean, I'm not sitting here reporting that that's going to happen. Okay, I'm just saying chatter around the league is that if Cleveland were to go sniffing around a quarterback, don't be totally shocked. Okay, Mayfield's entering the last year of his deal. That thing was a disaster last year, and, I, and he was hurt. Okay, he played through it, all that. All that's true. But it's also true he's in the last year of his contract. They're feeling some heat because that thing went backwards in a real way last year. And, it, you know, if, if, they could, if they could find a way to upgrade at the quarterback position, there's a belief around the league, some, that, at least to some degree around the league, that they would not be opposed to looking. That they're not, you know, it's not exactly the the, uh, the marital bliss uh, between Mayfield and Cleveland that maybe it was a year ago. So I would just throw that out there as chatter I'm hearing, not necessarily, oh, I'm reporting they're going to move on or anything because I'm, I'm not. But I think that that is definitely conversation that's out there. Um, and it's something just to keep an eye on with, with Cleveland as we move forward. All right, on that note, let's bring in Ben Heisler. Managing editor, bet-sided, big uh, betting news this week with Calvin Ridley getting popped for betting 1500 combined dollars on his Atlanta Falcons and now suspended for a year by the NFL while guys like Stephen Ross, who was allegedly going to pay Brian Flores $100,000 per loss, so the Dolphins would get a high draft pick. Uh, no, no, no suspension over there. Ben, good to see you, buddy. Were you uh, were you stunned? Were you were you in uh, in Heisler? Uh, I don't know prone position, hearing that Ridley was out for a year of betting on football, which I'm sure he's not the only one in the NFL doing this. Yeah, there there's got to be a couple of proxy plays with some of these guys. There, there's too much good information to go along. I, it was just a a dumb thing to do. Like you, you can have the conversation as to whether or not there's any consistency when it comes to the NFL levying punishments on players and, and whether guys deserve more games than others. Like th- the thing about Ridley was that it was just a moronically stupid thing to do. You can't bet on the NFL when you play in the NFL. Like this, this wasn't a very difficult concept. Um, so yeah, he's he's going to be out a year. He bet fifteen hundred bucks and his what is what's his salary this year? What around eleven? Eleven million. Yeah. So. That's that's basically what what you're losing out on here. Um, and yes, the the NFL needs as much integrity when it comes to the actual on field operation as humanly possible. But I mean, my takeaway was is that the system in place works. Ridley placed the bet over at the the Hard Rock Sportsbook app, and one of the monitors that would go through. And this is part of the reason why having legal sports betting in the United States is a good thing is there are operations that take place to make sure that who is placing that bet is should or should not be placing that bet. 
So the information that came and said, hey, this is a little bit suspicious. Let's bring it up. And he got reprimanded for it. And turns out that's a good thing. So I, to me, it was just kind of a funny story. I like the fact that he was doing parlays. And as Ian McMillan wrote, Calvin Ridley was doing and making the same mistake that most <laughs> casual bettors make, except he actually had good information. So look, to me, this is really easy. Like I've already seen people on Twitter with this whole like the players never wrong thing. We're like, oh God, the NFL makes so much money off gambling. Guess what? So do the players. Okay. Because their salaries are tied into the percentage that the NFL Players Association has to be paid by the cap, right? So let's just say the players get 50%. Say, they don't. I think they get 48.5% or 49%. Let's say they get 50%. Okay. And the league revenues are X. Well, then the players are getting half that, right? Whatever the whatever the cap revenue fits into the, the, the formula. All that gambling money, that helps the players get paid because the cap's going to go up. So the NFL is getting rich. Yes, so are the players. This idea that the players are getting screwed is crazy. Calvin Ridley did a really idiotic thing and is going to pay a really idiotic price, Okay. The man bet $1,500 and lost $11 million. Now, Heisler, I'm not great with odds. That's got to be the worst bet in the history of life. Like, who in the hell told him that was a great day? And by the way, my favorite part of the story was that he bet an eight-team parlay. Like, you know how mental you've got to be? Like, in terms of, like, your gambling acumen, eight-team parlay. That's that's something I would do in baseball, okay? that is That is a train wreck of a decision. And it's one of those things where it's like you maybe get like that bonus money, right? And you're like, eh, five dollars to win two thousand. You know, like it, like some astronomical odds. Look, Ridley knows he can't bet. Okay, every player in the league knows he can't bet. They're told that over and over and over. It's posted in every building. They know they are not allowed to gamble on games. And I know people will say, "Well, he wasn't playing in those games." Still have inside information. You're still on a roster. Okay. You still have an opportunity to affect an outcome of the game. What if who? What is there to say? Let's let's just say okay, it's the Falcons and the Jags. What is there to say that hey, he didn't bet? Now and we know he bet fifteen hundred. Okay, but you could have a guy who bets ten million. Okay, who's got a huge deal, who then calls up some guy in Jacksonville and maybe their buddies from college and says, "Hey, man, take a dive. We'll split the money." You can't have it. You cannot. Have it. So all these people are like, "You bet on his own team to win." Yeah, that doesn't mean there's integrity, okay? That doesn't mean that. So it's the NFL had to come down heavy-handed. I'll be honest with you. He's lucky he's not suspended for life. One year, he should take that and be thankful. That's an interesting way of looking at it, and I actually would, at the end of the day, probably agree with you. But I would, if it was me and I was Roger Goodell or whoever is is, is going to sit down with Calvin Ridley, hey, dude, um, did you bet $1,500 on the Atlanta Falcons in some weird parlays? It's not good. Uh, and then see what he says. Out. You know, and, and yeah, I did. Why, why did you do that? And, and see what he says there. Dude, um, you know, I, I you, yeah, you got to try to get a sense of like, you know, what exactly. I mean, there was this like the just some weird thing that he just, you know, oddly fell into and then I could see like a four game suspension and don't ever you know or versus like if this is a real problem then then go further down the Verderam line of like yeah you're you're done like I think that like to me it warrants a little further like I want to know exactly what we're dealing with here oh oh, they're gonna they they're going to but I mean you can't suspend it for four games you you if you're the NFL and any sport in this country you always have to say through your actions, our sport is above board. That there is no nonsense going on. I mean, how Ben, you might not even know the you might know the answer to this rather. How much money is dropped every week on average in the NFL and gambling in this country? I mean, maybe you don't know. I'm on not a monthly basis during NFL season, we're talking about billions of dollars at the the top okay. states that are producing sports betting. So if you want to average that out, anywhere between two hundred fifty and three hundred million being bet <clears throat> legally. In the United States, obviously, that number continues to climb further and further if you're talking about offshore books. But, well, but hold on, Vernon. I'm like, okay, so you're saying all that, but now we we have 
a former head coach, now assistant coach with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is accusing an owner of of offering to pay to, right. lo- to lose games, and nothing happens. How do you how do you put that all together? Because they're still doing the investigation. I'll tell you right now, they proved that that happened. He's selling that team tonight. Okay, like you mark my words. If they yeah. can prove that that happened, Stephen Ross is selling that team tonight. You you cannot have a league that is viable for betters, which matters to the NFL. And by the way, it's matters to the NFL forever, even if they didn't acknowledge it before it became legal all over yeah, the United States. True, of course. Okay. It, I mean, Jimmy the Greek exists, right? Like, it matters. But I, I my, my point is, if that's not above board, your integrity's shot. Your integrity's everything in this business. You have to, People have to believe when they put down their money that it's on the level. If it's not, you're done, okay? And the other part of that is, like, look at history. Tim Donahue in the NBA, not all that long ago, right? Point shaving, all the rest of it is an official. Gone for life. You go way, way, way back in baseball, the 1919 Black Sox, throw the World Series. Now, obviously, that's different than what Calvin Ridley did. I'm not trying to say I'm equating the actions. But the point is, it's about integrity in the sport. Those guys, those eight players were banned for life. Okay, and you haven't had a problem like that in baseball since, except for Pete Rose, who was banned for life. Who also, by the way, only bet on his own team to win. At least as far as we know, right, 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 right. Reportedly, so you have. If you're the NFL, I'm serious. Calvin Ridley's lucky he's not suspended for life. Like he's really lucky he's even coming back, because if you're the NFL, that is your biggest fear. Your biggest fear is that the extended arm of gambling in this country leads to that. And, and, and to Verderam's point really quickly, like with regards to Stephen Roskarm, there's, there's sort of this weird intersection here because teams have been tanking for a long time. Like we see it every year across multiple sports. The difference is that it's sort of a top-down directive where the front office basically says we're in a rebuilding mode. You know, we might bring in a head coach to develop young talent now we know we're not necessarily going to be competitive but there's no direction said to the coach right then have to lose games and that's where i think veterans when it comes in if they if the nfl does this investigation on brian flores's claim that steven ross told him as the head coach to lose games and if he were to lose games he would get payment as a result of it then i agree with veteran he'd be gone he'd have to sell the team the next day the, the problem is that it's just there's too many inconsistencies with other teams tanking in a similar situation. Like there's always going to be general managers and front office executives that are not putting their best product on the field or not spending the type of money. Baseball's been dealing with this issue for how many years now? And it's part of okay. why we're continuing to see a lockout in place because the players are trying to get a more competitive market on the field and owners are putting a lot of that money, that shared revenue in their pockets. I just don't know how the NFL, unless they have something on tape that's going to confirm Stephen Ross went up to Brian Flores. And like I, I believe he said it. I absolutely believe that that was absolutely on the table. I just don't know if they can prove it. Yeah, I, I guess maybe my, my larger question would be like, while this investigation is going on, is suspended or something? I don't know. Um, but look, to, to the overriding point on Ridley, I, I would think the concern here is that he doesn't quite get what he did because his reaction to go on Twitter and be no, like, you know, yeah, LOL, I bet 1500. No, 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 dude. It's not the amount of money. And, 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 and you're, and you've just been suspended for a year. Don't try to get the yahoos on Twitter behind you to try to like have some validation to your incredibly bad choice. I mean, that that's that's, that's not great. That's the thing that drives me a little crazy. Are these people that, like, players can never do anything wrong, like, no matter what happens. It's always, like, all the the big bad NFLs out to get him. And it's – he did a really stupid thing and got caught doing it. Like, just say it. It's okay. Like, it's a, then you'll have the people who are like, well, he's getting a year for this, but someone with domestic violence issues gets less. And, yeah, look. You're not getting any argument out of me, right? Like anybody with domestic violence issues, you know, or, or you know, is, is is found to be you know guilty of domestic violence. I don't care if you ban him for life. Okay, I have no problem with any of that, and and I agree. Like those penalties, 
they're not severe enough in the NFL. I am 100% with those people who say that. But that doesn't mean that, like, Calvin literally should be getting, like, a one- or two-game suspension for what he did. He should be getting a year. People who commit crimes, especially if domestic violence and maybe even, you know, a DWI, whatever you want to throw in there, yes, should get stiffer penalties. But that doesn't mean, like, let's just make everything lesser because we're, we're wrong in one area. You you have to look at it and say, yeah, as far yeah. as the NFL is concerned, as awful as it is, like a domestic violence issue is hideous. It is way worse than what Calvin Ridley did as a human being. There is no argument for that. But from the NFL's perspective, domestic violence is not is not hurting the integrity of the game. Now, I would argue it's a black eye on the sport in the sense of it's it's a it's a horrible look. Okay. It's a horrible look for the league and the way they handle it. At the same point, is the league more concerned about that or is it concerned about the integrity of the game? Right now, from a business standpoint, it's more concerned about Ridley. Probably should, probably should be more concerned about all of it, but you know that's what they would say behind closed doors. And so Ridley is suspended for a year, and you know people can be upset about it, but I got to be—they're wrong in this case. Like he well, needed to be whacked for what happened here he needed to be they needed to come down hard and they did and now when he comes back from the suspension assuming he does uh it's it's because it's indefinitely uh technically look he's basically not played football for two years i mean it, it's right, gonna be very football. interesting to see what happens next for calvin ridley well so it, you know, you're saying that and then or, or questioning that wondering that and and eddie's putting in the chat that who's going to take a chance somebody's going to take a chance on dude's massively talented he'll be 28 years old someone's taking a chance on calvin ridley he's his his career is not over the other the other thing i would uh um uh, and zach best who i believe uh knows something about this company is just is joining the show just to let us know that the patrick mahomes contract is looking amazing almost daily which we started the show with that for the record yes uh, everybody is celebrating that uh, the Aaron Rodgers reset of the football market, quarterback market, makes the Mahomes deal look great. Kansas City, uh, congratulations. So um, I, I just would like to point out here that uh, t- two, two things. N- num- number one, uh, don't be an idiot. Look, 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 look to the long term. Uh, and number two, don't double down when you are an idiot. Fall on the sword. Made a mistake. My bad. NFL, I hate that I put you in this position. I hate that I put my teammates in this position. Just, you know, when, when you do, when you, you know, look in the mirror, own things in life, and and people will forgive. And your point about the league and, and everything off the field, Verderam, the product on the field is so damn good that no one cares what happens off the field. The NFL has had some of the worst controversies you can possibly have. Go like if we just on a short term focus, if we just go back to Colin Kaepernick, they banned the NFL banned a player, they blackballed a player from the league, it, and yet it had zero impact on people watching football. And the players didn't fight back for Cap, right? It you've had Deshaun Watson, what a zillion things off the field. Nothing matters because every time on Sunday afternoon, people want to see the game play. They want to have their gambling. So none of that has any impact on how many people turn the TV on. It just doesn't. Or if it does, it's very, very minuscule. However, to your point, which you just underlined incredibly well, if you had a huge gambling scandal and people didn't know that their their money was actually legit, it, it would have an impact. So, or, or at least in theory, it would. So, it in, it would. And I think that's why, you know, people get – people look at these things sometimes from the wrong perspective. Like nobody, at least nobody who's a, a normal, well-adjusted human being is okay with some of these things that happen off the field, right? Like nobody would say, oh, that's it's fine. But from the NFL's business perspective, someone getting in, into a court case over – you know, gun charges or, or uh, driving under the influence or unfortunately even something like a domestic violence call, right? Like those things are worse in a vacuum than what Calvin Ridley did. But from the NFL's business perspective, what Calvin Ridley did is the worst thing you can do. 
And they're always going to come down hardest on something that affects their bottom line. That's reality. It is. Maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe in, in, a, in a morally grounded world, it shouldn't be. But it is. Yeah, we're not. We're not. This is not. The NFL is clearly not about morals. It's about entertainment. And we love to be entertained. Ben, anything else that we should know in the gambling space right now? Anything interesting to you? Jordan loves odds. Anything just jumping around in your mind? Uh, I did set odds, actually, for for Jordan Love. They are not available at WinBet. And uh, I believe that article actually just went up over at, at Fansided. But if you guys would like to know what I've set the odds at for Jordan Love for his next team, uh, and please feel free to, to just rip them to shreds because my odds-making experience is a uh, few credits uh, shy of that degree. Uh, I have the Denver Broncos as the clear favorite at plus 150, followed by the Pittsburgh Steelers at 225, Washington Commanders at plus 275, the Carolina Panthers at plus 350, the New York Football Giants at plus 450, and then the field at plus 300. To me, it's Broncos, Steelers, probably make the most sense of, of every team that might be looking for a quarterback with, even though he only has one game of actual starting experience. He does have two seasons learning under the the reigning MVP both years he's been drafted. Oh, if you're Denver, you have five top 100 picks, or just flip one of them, right? I mean, why not? Why not? And, and if they, they don't, they just... then that's a pretty damning statement about the guy that spent the last two years with them. Yeah, if Nathaniel Hackett's like, you know what, I'm good. I'd <laughs> rather have exactly. the 70th overall pick yeah. or whatever it is, right? Like, that's rough. I thought it was a pretty damning statement by the Packers to not only keep Rodgers signed to a four-year, $200 million deal. Like That tells you all you need to know what they think of Jordan Love. Uh, I, I, I don't know. they didn't have to sign him, Carm. They didn't have to, man. It, they could have just played it out. Yeah, but it would have been – well, okay, I don't know if you could have played it out. I don't think – I think you would have had a – You had What to, was he doing, retiring, going to host Jeopardy? He'd have been there. We, uh, he's so full of it, just like he was last well, they, year. They, hold on, they, he'd they, have been there week one playing football. Maybe, but but they 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 made a deal that they would that they would re uh, assess everything. So you'd be going back on your word. You couldn't do that after all the goodwill they had built up. They they had to they had to move forward. I think this is just more. I listen. The way I see it, it's more a bet on Aaron and his value to the Packers, both on and off the field, than than a, than a complete condemnation I, of Jordan Love. I agree with that, but I also think if they really thought Jordan Love was like a franchise-level quarterback, I think they would have moved off Aaron Rodgers. I would agree with that, too. If they, if they thought they had the next but Aaron Rodgers the come. Sense. Although Washington, give Washington the, uh, the, the ballsiest move of the offseason award to this point, calling up every team and just being like, <laughs> what do you want for your quarterback, including the Chiefs? I would have paid good money to have had a, a tape of that conversation. Like, what would that have taken? Maybe I'll even do some digging on this in here. Like, try to find out what the conversation was. Like, what? Like, wh- what were they offering? And it, were the, if the Chiefs, like, did the Chiefs counter? Or the, were the Chiefs like, look, 10 firsts? Like, and we, we can finish up on this note. If you guys get that phone call, okay, and you're, you're in the Chiefs GM chair, you're Brett Veach, and the Washington Commanders call you up and say, we would like to trade for Patrick Mahomes. Now, assuming you don't just click the phone down. What is the amount of picks that they have to offer you for you to at least listen to the argument? Uh, I, I think the phone gets clicked. Can I can I can I defend the Washington Commanders for a quick second here? Of course. I, I don't think it's a terrible thing that they went and asked what the value is of Patrick Mahomes. You should have you should know what the rest of the league values their highest commodities at. Like if you're a general manager and you're not sure what that number is, I, I don't think you're doing as good of a job as you possibly can do. You should know the value of other guys across the league and get it yep. confirmed. Now, I, I don't think they go in saying, all right, like we really want Patrick, make us a deal. Like, I, I don't think that's how that conversation went down. I mean, I hope it is because that's hilarious. But I, I think if you have the conversation saying, listen, we're, we're doing our, our due diligence we're trying to get a sense. Like clearly, we're in the market for a quarterback. Tell us what it would take. Hypothetically, we know you're not trading him, but tell us like, what it would take. And then Brett Veach or the rest of his staff laughs and says, "All right, you got to give me a, a, a first round pick every year." That it's like a Bobby Bonilla type deal. Like every year, 
you know, you get a certain amount of, you get a first round draft pick for as long as he continues to play in the league. So if he plays for another, what, how old is Mahomes now? 20, 26. Yeah. Okay. Let's say he plays until he's 40. You get four, you get 14 first round draft picks. And you know what? That's not a bad deal at all for that's not no, a, you would do that's it. That's not a bad deal. Right? You have 14 first round picks for every year that Patrick Mahomes plays football in the NFL. Like to me, that's actually a reasonable deal. That that's why this is so funny because I was thinking about this when I was driving back from Indy, and I was like, I really think that Washington could have offered them 10 first round picks. And I don't know that it would be an like I don't know that Kansas City would do it because you could have 50 first round picks and never find him again. Right, like that's. I mean, I know that's crazy, and I'm sure like some draft analytics nerd just just fell off their chair and had a heart attack. But I really like not for a quarterback, not for a quarter. I I think I think the metrics would actually side with the all star 26 year old quarterback that's going to be in this league. It's on a trajectory for a first ballot Hall of Fame. Were you in the car by yourself? I was. Were you talking to the windshield, or were you just? It was it just in your head? Did you? Were you doing a show? In my head. It was in my head while just in, the, in just in your head. Okay, because I mean, some of my best work is to the windshield. So I'm envisioning Vertoram having. Well, a I'm running big cut. team talk to yourself guy. Like oh, when I write a column, I'm absolutely <laughs> talking the thing out. Like Maisie asked me, she's like, "Why? Who are you talking to? Why are you talking?" I'm like, "Nobody." I'm like, I am verbally working this out so I could hear. Like if I had to make this argument, somebody would it make sense. Um, oh no, no, I definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm pro have a conversation with yourself if you need to, to, to work something out. What about streets of Rockford walking around and then all of a sudden getting the weird glance like, or, or feeling self-conscious? I am really talking out loud right now. As I did this morning, by the way, on my walk to work, just having a convo. Board, I, I, I left, uh, being, yeah. being, uh, uptight about anything like that a long time ago. Oh, good for yeah, you, I, I, I thought it was going to be. Don't fun. care. Yeah. Don't care. Happy, happy to look like the uh, neighborhood lunatic as I'm working through my next stack in the box column. That's fine. Hey, everybody, check out uh, Verderam's uh, work from the combine, fansided.com, and check out everything Ben's doing, fansided.com forward slash betsided. Uh, and Ben, you want to promote anything? I know you guys are rocking and rolling with many a show over there. Get up and wake up early, damn it. Yeah, Bet and Breakfast is every Monday and Thursday. We're live at 7 a.m. Eastern. Of course, you can find those podcasts and those videos available on demand anytime afterwards. Um, Right now, as far as the stuff for conference tournament week in college basketball and the upcoming NCAA tournament, like Reed Wallach, one of our college basketball insiders, is as locked in as anybody that I've ever seen. Um, He's been doing some great work. Um, definitely recommend anybody if you're looking to make sure that you're going to go ahead and, and cash in on those brackets. Uh, a lot of those different metrics apply to the world of betting. Um, and he actually wrote an article a couple of weeks ago about one particular stat that will indicate 19 of the last 21 NCAA tournament winners. It's a very easy stat to find. He lays it right out for you. You can find it over at betsided.com. Great stuff. Verderam. Thank you for getting up, buddy. Yeah, I, you know it probably was time at ten thirty to get out of bed. Listen, vacation. It, it, like I am, I am so tired after Indianapolis. I'm so tired that I need it. You know, you know how hard it is for me to stay out till five ten in the morning, and then go to a, a presser at eight. It's not. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm, I'm glad I was able to. Uh, did you Did you get the St. Elmo's when you were there, Verderam? Because I I went to Indiana. I spent 45 I was 45 minutes outside of Indianapolis I went to Indianapolis a thousand times and I still have not had the shrimp cocktail there the it was the last night I was there and I got invited there by uh, a, a really good friend and so we went and I, and we had we had dinner and actually it was funny I, I believe unless was, we walked by Charlie Weiss and at one point <laughs> there were some other people there it was, it was just it's kind of a who's who but it, um yes I got the shrimp to- cocktail it was amazing I also for dinner had I'm a big seafood guy um jumbo shrimp and king crab meat in uh, a pesto linguine my god it was it was unbelievable i will tell you this though fans i took care of me did me right uh i went to ruth chris and and saint elmo's on back-to-back nights for dm ain't covering that fellas that was uh that was one of those things with a bill came i just texted my wife my like, listen uh just accept that we're gonna have to pay a little bit out of pocket here but it worked out um, it was worth it. Ruth Chris, my God, it was there was 13 of us at that place. I, the, it's a nice to have. <laughs> there's a lot of bill that size in my life, and hopefully never will again. Um, but it was great, man. 
and and, and the Saint Elmo's shrimp cocktail is worth it. It is. It, 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 hey, last thing I'll say, they better put that combine back in Indianapolis. There's not a soul alive who wants this thing to go to Dallas or LA. Nobody. The people who cover the teams in those cities would rather be in Indianapolis. So I know the NFL is going to screw every single one of us and move the thing to like Mars just because they can get an extra cent out of it. Indianapolis is a great host city. They do a great job to combine every year. It'd be a shame if they move it. Take care of Matt Verderem. Leaving it in Indy. Thank you for watching Stack in the Box. Don't forget, free agency Monday, 11 o'clock. We are live until God knows when. At least Kingdom uh, come, baby. So, uh, Ben, get ready to be jumping out a bunch uh, as we'll be looking for all sorts of conversation as we'll be doing all the NFL you can possibly handle Monday at 11. Hit that subscribe button. Hit, that, uh, hit the bell, too. Turn those notifications on. Ben, thanks for being here, brother. Good to see you guys. Verramp, you the man. Uh, keep it rolling. I won't even bring up the fact that your Knicks stink and Tom Thibodeau has absolutely ruined your life. Uh, that's my. I guy. look forward to him getting fired. Yeah, I, I, I. It's not his fault. The team, the roster. Stinks. No, it's his fault. It's it, it's a lot of it's his fault. He's, he's, he's all about playing Alec Burks instead of playing like actual basketball players. It just refuses to do it. He's he's had a rough year. He's had a rough year. Thanks for watching. We'll yeah yeah yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Aaron Rodgers back to the pack. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how it should that's how it should be. So we'll see him in green and gold for maybe four more years, baby. Uh, all right, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Stag in the box saying goodbye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.